Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. I love announcements in our church. What other church would be like, ah, and no shopping in the women's section after church, please. It's going to be closed. (laughs) I love it. And that's just it, right? The church, according to scripture, is the body of Jesus Christ. To anyone who's put their faith and love and hope uh, in Jesus becomes part of the family. And the family is the body of Christ. Jesus, the son of God, didn't come to earth to save any brick or mortar. He didn't come to save any political system, didn't come to save any culture. He came to save the lost, which are me and you. And those that put their faith and hope in Jesus Christ become the church. And we get to gather. And the reason why we gather is for mutual encouragement. This is encouraging because we're all doing life and it gets crazy. It's because two are better than one. Our resources put together are really cool, and we are to love this town and to serve the kingdom of God, and two of us, five of us, ten of us, forty of us can do it a lot better than one of us. And let's just be honest, all of us singing together sounds way better than any of us singing in the shower. So, we get together to pool our praise as well. So if you would stand with me, we're going to read scripture this morning, it comes from Ecclesiastes. We are still in the book of Ecclesiastes. Hang in there. I think we've got two more chapters, and then we'll move on to the book of Proverbs, um, which is going to be, I think, a little bit more fun. But this is pretty cool. I think if you were here last week, and if you weren't, you should look it up online. Drew did an incredible job last week. So Ecclesiastes 9, 13 through 18, please read with me. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom, That greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege walls against it. Now there lived in that city a man poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But no one remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength. But the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. You may be seated. I love it when we read God's word all together. I say this about church and about tradition, and I've learned as I grow, grew older as a kid, when I, you know, got drugged to church each week, I just kind of sometimes, I mean, when I was little, I loved it because all my little kids were running around and it was like, I think as a kid, you think, oh, this is for me. It's just playground on Sunday morning in a warm building, right? <laughs> That's what we're asking you if you're a parent to kind of curb a little bit because we are a coffee shop, uh, but we love that your kids are here and you are here and we love that they feel welcome. I know I did as a kid. Um, it was just a different era, so when it was zero degrees, I went and played outside with no hat, no mittens, and we played tackle football, and we called it a different name that you can't say now, um, and we would play hard, and uh, if you came in with a bloody nose, too bad. Your mom said, not in the house. You're going to get, get blood on the carpet of the, of the church outside now. Um, just different times, um, but we love that about church, but what it is when we read God's word together, 
when we sing together, when we pray together, we're not only just joining a current group of people. So just within our organization, Waterville Valley this morning, the coffee shop now, and the, the mountaintop in a, in a little while, we're joining all of them. But we're also currently joining people around the world. I'm talking a billion people around the world worshiping God, which is absolutely incredible to be a part of that. But not only that, we have joined thousands upon thousands of years of the church gathering in the name of Jesus. And that is incredible. That is incredibly powerful and moving. So that's why we gather. That's why we gather. That's why we gather when it's really, really cold. That's why we gather when it's snowing. That's why we gather when it's really hot. That's when we gather when it's early. That's why we gather when it's late. Um, Together, it's beautiful. So that's the church. If you were here last week, Drew made a really, really cool point. And man, I love... You know, Drew said last week he enjoyed sitting in the back while the music was playing and he got a chance just to sing out back. Um, I felt the same way last week when I just got to sit out back and enjoy, um, you know, Drew's preaching. And Drew, like I said last week, is a teacher. Each one of us, the Bible is very clear, is gifted. Romans tells us that each of us have a gift. Romans chapter 12, the gifts of the Spirit. And if you've placed your hope, faith in Jesus Christ, if you've confessed with your mouth and you believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that not only are you saved, but that you are indwelled or the Holy Spirit comes within you. And it says that you are reborn. Now we all know at birth, each of us are given natural giftings. Okay? I don't have the same natural giftings as Michael Jordan. I know it's really hard for you to believe, but I don't, right? What's interesting is the human will is very powerful, okay? Thomas Edward Patrick Brady was also not born with the same giftings as Michael Jordan. Tom Brady is not an athlete. Well, he is an athlete, way more than me. But at the competitive level that he's at, he is not athletic like the guys around him. His gift, the natural gift Tom Brady was born, is just sheer will and determination and work ethic. Tom Brady's quoted for saying, anyone can be an expert at anything if they're well, willing to do it 10,000 times. And that's the difference between me and Tom Brady. I am not willing to do anything 10,000 times except for take a nap. I am an expert at taking naps. Food and food. I'm willing to eat 10,000 times for sure. Right? And so his natural gifting is, I think, just sheer will, determination. Each of us were gifted with natural ability, right? I would say that for better or for worse, I'm not sure my wife really likes this natural gift, but I have the gift of gab, right? I heard a new one last night. Someone was like, well, that guy's sure talkative. And then someone responded for me and said, don't you know he's a preacher? He's paid by the word. I was like, I'm stealing that. That's great. Like, sorry, I'm paid by the word. What do you want me to do? You know? And so each of us have a natural gifting. However, when we place our hope and faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says we are reborn. Remember, Jesus met with Nicodemus, one of the most famous at the time religious leaders. Nicodemus knew the word of God more than I do, more than any of us in here do. Nicodemus knew the word of God really, really well. He was a current religious leader. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus says, well, how can a full-grown man fit into the womb of his mother? And Jesus said, no, you don't get it, Nicodemus. We are born of flesh, 
But I'm talking being born of spirit. And those that have put their faith, hope, and love in Jesus Christ, like I said, the Bible says confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart, you now are reborn spiritually. And just like you were born into a certain family that has certain giftings, right? If you were to see my mother, you'd be like, okay, you are related to your mom. <laughs> if you were to see Eunice and Zena's mother, you'd say, oh, you are related to your mother. We have natural giftings from our earthly family. I'll never forget maybe my sophomore year in college, uh, college, my sophomore year in high school, because before I had like facial hair. Right? My sophomore year in high school, uh, I was probably not doing what I was supposed to do. I was probably skipping class, or I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And I found myself in the theater room of our high school. And some friends and I decided to put on costumes and be funny, right? It's the middle of the day. It's like, da -da 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 -da. and I put on a black female wig. And I was like, da -da 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 -da. until I came around a corner and I saw myself in a mirror. And I freaked. I absolutely freaked. I saw my mom looking at me right. I'm like, ah! It was the weirdest thing. I saw my mother because she has black hair. And it was the way that she actually wears her hair was how it was. And I just was like, ah! So you have natural traits from your natural family, okay? The same is true spiritually. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, he fills you. God fills you with his spirit, and he gives you spiritual giftings. And your spiritual giftings are not for you. Your spiritual giftings are for someone else. Your spiritual giftings are for God to be glorified and for the good of people around you. And so back to go full circle, I'm so thankful for Drew's spiritual gift. Drew is a teacher. God gave him the gift of teaching. Have you noticed that like, his content was incredibly good? His, his ability to break it down and to teach us and to teach you. And I, just like Drew, enjoyed listening to music last week. Was last week he listened to music? Yeah. I'm getting old. That was a long week. I really enjoyed listening to him speak. And one of the things that he brought to light that I was like, oh my word, I've been reading Ecclesiastes every week for the past two years and I didn't even think about it. Because like he said, there's a saying in Ecclesiastes, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. That word meaningless appears, I forget how many times he said, but it's a lot. But the next saying that appears in the book just as much, or just a little bit less, is under the sun. Under the sun. And this is how this passage starts. I also saw under the sun. And what, he, what Drew explained to us is that the author... And the orator and the teacher, all those different people, there's all different characters in the book of Ecclesiastes, were using all these different measurements of like, I had money, I had fame, I had love, I had food, I had success, I had it all. Still, life was meaningless. And one thing that Drew nailed last week is he saying that you using the wrong measuring stick? If you're using the wrong measuring stick, you will never be satisfied. It will never work out. We talked about it this morning, 2 to 20 inches, right? Ski resorts in New England are, are famous for measuring snow in snow drifts. We got 14 inches at fill-in-the-blank. You get in the parking lot, you're like, 14 inches? <laughs> Where did you get that? You know? 
And if you're using the wrong measuring, and the measuring stick that this guy was using was under the sun. Well, the Bible is very clear that all under the sun is temporary. Everything under the sun is temporary. There's nothing under the sun that isn't temporary. All is temporary. Now, above the sun, we find Scripture talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and eternity. God says, I am. I was at the beginning, I am now, and I will be forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So God transcends under the Son. And that, through faith and in dwelling with the Holy Spirit, is the new life, is the new measuring stick, is the new metric by which we live as Christians. But through Facebook, through Twitter, through Instagram, through Netflix, through the NFL, through skiing, through hiking, through vacations, through work, through 401ks, through coffee shops, through clothing, all great stuff, we get distracted and measure ourselves under the sun. And we begin to compare their clothing is better than mine, their savings is better than mine, their experience is better than mine, their athletic ability is better than mine, their family life is better than mine, their children are better than mine, their car is better than mine, their life is better than mine, and on and on we go under the sun where we find no rest, where we find no ability to get ahead, and it just exhausts and drains us. And then we come to the scriptures, we come to the Holy Spirit, we come to truth and the realization that it is not about me. That my job is to surrender and to die to self and to give room for the Holy Spirit, to give space for God through faith to come in me and to change this under the sun man. Creating me into an eternal being. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Let me, under, let me explain that. My soul was not designed, the core of my being was not designed to be fulfilled by temporal things. And this right now you should listen up because I am an expert at filling myself with temporal things. Both, everyone that's close to me, Heidi, my parents, Drew, Nathan, People that are very close to me and understand, they're like, man, Marcus, you know how to get what you want. It's unbelievable, Marcus, how you get the meal that you want and the time that you want and the trip that you want and the skiing that you want and the coffee that you want and the girl that you wanted and the college and the time and the experience. I'm just a master at figuring out like one guy said to me one time, he goes, Marcus, you make going to the dump a lot of fun. How do you, you turn it into a game. You turn it into a social time. You meet with the guys. I've said, actually, if you guys fire me from the church, if God sends me off from this whole thing called pastoral stuff, I'm going to work at a town dump. You're outside, you're driving heavy pieces of machinery, you see everyone in town to say hi, and you get first dibs on whatever is dropped off there. <laughs> Can't you see me doing it? What's up? Good morning. How's it going? You know? I mean, yes. January when it's negative 10, that's going to be rough. 
July, when it's 98, that's got to be even rougher. I think I'll take negative 10 at the dump any day over 98 and 100% humidity. Been to a dump at 98 and 100% humidity? Uh, 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 yeah. Where were we going with all of that? I know how to get what I want. And lately, if you've been around me, I've been pretty gosh darn grumpy this fall. I have. This winter and this fall, I've been grumpy. And my wife, who is much wiser than I, kindly slid me this small little tiny book and left it where I have my coffee in hopes that I would see it. And it says on the cover, it's a tiny little book, so she knew I would give it a shot because it's a tiny little book. On the front, it says, The Art of Self-Forgetfulness. Everyone should forget themselves. And literally, the book opens and says, Your grumpiness, your unhappiness, is because you think about you too much. And I got to think about that. Have you ever noticed the very happy people? The very chill, excited, fun to be around happy people don't think about themselves that much? They're not the one worried about what they get for food, if they're first in line or if it's the right kind of cheese or it's the right kind of this or the right kind of... They're not worried about if they get the front seat, the back seat, the middle seat, whatever. They're not worried if they get to drive or not going to drive. They're not worried if they get first in line at the chair or if they get the best seat in the whatever. Have you ever noticed that? I've noticed that the people that do that, that are first in line, that get the chair, that get the, you know, that get the food, that get the coffee the way they want, that get all that they want... Typically aren't very happy people. They're not typically that much fun to be around. It's the person that's like, hmm, I'll get a coffee when it comes to me. Sure, I'll, I'll sit wherever. Sounds good. Yep, hey, it's nice to see you this morning. Those people are awesome. And this book is nails it. And what happens is under the sun, I personally, Marcus Corey, am consumed by making sure I'm in control of my fulfillment. Well, that's a bunch of malarkey. Don't leave me in control of anything. That's why I get frustrated. And so my wise wife just slipped that book next to where I have my coffee. The art of forgetting yourself. Happy people don't think about themselves. Thank you, babe. Thank you, Heidi. Reading it. Sounds good. I thought I had to think about myself because no one else does, you know. But I want to end with this. At the bottom it says this. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. You know that number one? Interesting, right? Think about one, just something that's one that has a, a massive effect. Massive effect. Just something that's one. If you can think about it. I got to think about a couple. One dead fly floating on top of your soup. Just, just one. Just one. Just sitting there. Or even worse, a live fly that goes like this in your soup. Because its wings are now wet with your soup and it's going around creating a wake in your soup. Just one. It's just one. Does that create a problem? Not for some. I'm with you, Cindy. It, it would bother me. That's a macro. That's a micro problem. I flip it out, and I'm like, I'll take it. Thanks. You know? But for the others, they're like, that's not okay. Right? What's another something 
That's just one, but it's very significant. How about just one square of toilet paper? Just one. <laughs> a problem, right? That's a problem. That's a problem. And I thought about different things where just one made a very difference. Either one makes a big difference in one direction, or just one makes a big difference in another direction. The power of one. Now, I want you to listen to the word of the Lord. This is so much more powerful than anything I could preach up here. Any analogy I could make, any story I could tell, this is powerful. This is the true word of God, breathed by the Holy Spirit, penned so that we could see it 2,000 years later. And this talks about the number one. Please listen. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open our hearts that we might hear the truth that the truth might set us free. Thank you for the power of one. It comes from Romans. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 12. Just listen to this and think about the number one here. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all have sinned. To be sure... Sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a commandment, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the transgressions of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many transgressions and brought justification. For if, by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, of the gift of righteousness, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for the people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespasses might increase. But wherein, where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness, to bring eternal life through the one man, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I know that was probably confusing, but it comes down to a really easy formula. One sin equals all sin. One died equals all can be saved through faith, by grace. Jesus' sacrifice is enough. 
One sin committed by you and I separates us from God. And if you have only committed one sin, good on you. Wow. Give me a couple more minutes. I'll, I'll do another one. The one, Jesus Christ, is the only one you need. It is the only one that will work. Under and above the Son. Jesus, thank you so much for the one. Thank you that you came, you died, and you rose again. Thank you that you lived a perfect life. So that your one life would result in saving many. Would result in covering the sins of many. Many sins of many. You are good to us, God. You are gracious. We thank you for this space and this time to gather. Thank you for your word that reminds us of who you are and who we are and who we are when we put our faith and love and trust in you. Thank you for Waterville Valley Community Church that met this morning and Randy and the crew that led that. Thank you for Loon Mountain Ministry and top church service that will happen outside and in, hopefully maybe inside the cabin today. We love you, Jesus, and you pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.